every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. Custom, sorry. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of this. It, thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard them, him was amazed at his understanding and, at, and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went to, down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favour with God and men. Because it's very short, and that didn't want to be dragging you up here, taking longer than it would take to get back to your seat. So it's Mark chapter 10, and it's verses 13 and 15, and will probably be very familiar to all of you, especially when I give you the uh, subparagraph, the little children and Jesus. People were bringing little, cheesen, uh, little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them and blessed them. The only trouble with it being a short verse, it means you only get a short respite from singing. But there again. We are all very familiar with the father-child relationship established between God and us, which makes the Father's Day service a walk in the park. But it can be more challenging in to find illustrations for Mothering Sunday. So I've unashamedly cheated, and I'm expanding today into thinking about being part of God's family, which also ties into some recent discussions that we've been having at our Wednesday house group. One of the few fleeting motherly illustrations is recounted in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, when Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus used this mother hen illustration because it was so visually descriptive. A few years ago, I read an Our Daily Bread reading, part of the sort of Thought for the Day type series. It's the one I follow. And it was told the story of a fire in a barn. Sadly, when the farmer raked over the debris, he found the charred body of a hen. You see why I waited for the children to have gone out before this one. 
and counselling will be available afterwards. But, yeah, when he found this charred body of a hen, as he raked it out the way, out ran a clutch of chicks, still alive. This was clearly used as an example of truly sacrificial love. And we know how much that was shown by Jesus himself when he went to the cross for us. From time to time, usually on a slow news day, we might see a little controversy flare up in the media when they pick up on some group or sect or other, pushing the idea of calling God our mother. While it is absolutely clear in scripture that God calls us to, or invites us to call him father, there are a few references which show that God was and is fully in touch with his female side. Why would this surprise us? Well, it might surprise Simon, but he's not here, so I can talk about him. After all, he made both male and female in his image through his creative and loving nature. While we might think we have got away from an image of God as a benevolent, white-haired old gentleman in white flowing robes who lives in the clouds, I think sometimes that old imagery might underpin some of our difficulties in recognizing God as both our father and mother. I'm convinced that God emphasizes with mothers in the same way as he does with fathers. As it says in chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, Male and female, he created them. Equally, in some quarters, the Apostle Paul has been slated as a bit of a male chauvinist. And sometimes this is the danger of applying the standards of today against history. However, in Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, Paul says, As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her children. The point I would like to draw here is that what we may divide into male and female qualities or characteristics are in fact all reflections of God's character in us. Therefore, we should not be surprised to see many Christ-like qualities embodied in mothers. The Bible, while an ancient book, is also very progressive. Throughout its chapters, God calls on us to love and honor him and also to respect each other and recognize our differences and worth. Jesus was born to a human mother, Mary, and he respected her. In our reading from Luke chapter 2 and verse 51, it concludes with, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. Jesus' obedience would have developed from respect. And a Mary as a mother is highly unlikely to have treasured bad memories. God chose Mary to be the mother of his precious son. Mary was clearly loved and respected by Jesus and was a faithful servant of God. 
She is not the mother of God, but she was the mother of Jesus, God made flesh. She should not be worshipped in the way that no human should be worshipped, because that tribute should be to God alone, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But she should be remembered with respect for her faithfulness. We should not forget that Mary carried, nursed, loved, nurtured, and protected Jesus from birth to manhood and was the only human being who was present at both his birth and his death on the cross. Thinking about Mary, her life could be described as an emotional roller coaster, couldn't it? A life of highs and lows filled with both joy and heartbreak. Can any of us really imagine what it must be like to have the angel Gabriel turn up on your doorstep unannounced, let alone bringing news that we were going to be the mother of the Messiah? Okay, for us men, that would be a double shock, but I'm sure you get the point. After Mary's initial shock and fear, listen to her reaction, recorded in Luke 1, verse 18. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What a joy to God to receive such a reaction. Usually the response when he calls people is for them to reel off 101 reasons why it shouldn't be them. But I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not eloquent enough. I'm too busy. Oh, please send someone else. I'm convinced that when Mary and Joseph initially presented Jesus at the temple, the words of Simeon would have caused Mary in particular concern. Remember what was said. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That was Luke 2, verse 35. How must it have felt 33 years or thereabouts later as Mary stood at the foot of the cross seeing her son crucified and pierced with nails and a spear? I'm sure she did feel emotionally pierced through her own heart. I'm sure that at some time or other we've all witnessed someone suffering pain and wanted to take it away from them. Mothers normally want to wrap their children up in their arms to protect them and comfort them. I'm sure most of us will either have experienced it or seen it and wanted to do the same. And that's what Jesus wanted to do to Jerusalem and God wants to do to us, to wrap us up in his arms and protect us. Unfortunately, in the same way we sometimes see a child or an adult push away a helping hand, we sometimes see those who really need God turn their back on him. Jesus clearly loved his mother, but on a couple of occasions it appears that he was a bit tough on her. The first time was as a child in our first reading today. When his anxious parents found him, Mary said, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Those of us who are parents might recall a moment of panic when we lost sight of our children. No need for a show of hands, I'm not here to judge. Hopefully this was only for a brief time, 
but I'm sure it seemed like an age. We're past the statute of limitations, so I can pass this story on to you now. Um, Claire and I, Mark and Thomas, were uh, visiting uh, New York. We went out to Liberty Island to go around the Statue of Liberty. We were, we were with another family. Suppose the boys must have, yeah, I think Thomas would have been seven or eight. And um, somehow we managed to break into two groups. And when the two groups married up, there was no Thomas. We thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. Panic, heart palpitations, not good. It's an island. Right, you go that way, we'll go that way, we'll meet back together. Thank, thank God, literally thank God, um, but also showing, showing how your children can sometimes bring you to shame by their knowledge and, um, and sensi sensibleness, is that the right word? Yeah, he'd gone back to the ferry drop-off because he'd worked out it's an island. If we were to get off the island, we would have to go back off on the ferry. But what a sense of relief when we got there and were reunited. I say it marks the case for having children on leads, but there, there some people would say that's not right. We were blessed, we were reunited with Thomas. Sometimes, sadly, in those moments, the worst can happen, can't it? So just think how Mary must have felt during those days of searching. In that context, Jesus replied to her, Why did you seek me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? That might have seemed a bit harsh. But we must always remember to put the situation into context. Not only was Jesus now a young man, but he was also the son of God with a clear sense of purpose to be about his father's will. However, when he saw the anxiety he had caused, he resubmitted himself to his parents' authority and was obedient to them. Parenting is a tough job, perhaps particularly so for mothers. It can be difficult to let children uh, step out on their own as we naturally want to protect them. You may have heard or even uttered these words. Oh, don't worry, mum, I'll be fine. Only to get the response, of course I worry. I'm your mother. I'm paid, or not paid, to worry. Paul gives us some very good advice in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And it's also in Colossians 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it might go well for you in the land, and that you might enjoy long life on earth. But he adds, parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We should not be surprised that God's advice is always perfect advice. It's not just an obligation on one side. There's an equal and opposite obligation on the other. 
The key here is mutual understanding and respect, teaching, encouraging, and developing our youngsters, and gradually giving them their independence so that they can cut their own path in life. But I as I still quietly remind my grown-up sons, please let you and the mother know just enough to stop her worrying. Another occasion when we might think Jesus was a bit harsh on uh, Mary is recorded in John chapter 2. You'll remember it, the wedding at Canaan, when the wine ran out. Have you heard, ever heard of such a thing? The wine ran out? Mary said to G Jesus, they have no more wine. His response was, dear woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. Why did Mary involve Jesus? Because she was his mother, and she knew he could do something about it. Despite what looks like a rebuke, Mary knew Jesus would not let her down. As she immediately told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Jesus' mission was a serious one, to save mankind. And so his initial reaction was probably born of a frustration that he was being called upon to resolve a simple logistical problem. However, we know the outcome. He turned the water into the very best wine. Jesus did not let his mother down. And Mary's absolute confidence in Jesus was entirely justified. So should ours be. We can often learn a lot from our mothers. I was blessed to have a Christian mother. So as I think back, often reflected Jesus' example. I'm sure a lot of you have been similarly blessed, and while I know it is not always true, mothers are generally loving, kind, protective, encouraging, and supporting. Where this is not true, it is even more important for us as Christians to reflect these qualities, which we see manifested in Jesus himself, and for us to serve as spiritual mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, to those whose experience has not been so positive as ours. In John chapter 19, verses 20 to 26 to 27, as Jesus is hanging, dying on the cross, he sees his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by. He said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. We believe that disciple was John. But what's strange in that? Well, Mary already had other sons, and we presume daughters of her own. She should have been looked after anyway by them. But here we see, despite the physical pain and emotional anguish he must have been experiencing, that Jesus' thoughts were for his mother's welfare. While Mary's heart was pierced, her dear son, our saviour, ensured that his mother would be looked after. And that's guidance to all of us and each of us today. We each and every one of us have a responsibility to each other to show the same sort of love for our brothers and sisters as Jesus showed for us.
Today, uh, we take the opportunity to thank mothers, including our spiritual mothers and our mother church, for all they've done to us. Let us determine to be faithful to be God and to be a part of his family. Let us ensure that we reach out to those who are alone and seek to share and reflect the, God, uh, the love that God chose to us. Just thinking back to that short passage from that we that we heard Jesus telling off the disciples for shooing away the children. Jesus invites us all to him. His desire is that we should all know him and have re relationship with him. He welcomed the children. Children at that time. Well, we think they were loved, but actually, sometimes they were treated worse than our lowest servants. Other times, not. But they had no legal status in that time. But Jesus welcomed them. We all have value to him. He loves us all. And he wants us to share that good news and that love with each other. So, as a church... Let's make sure we're welcoming and encouraging to others so that they in turn can come to know Jesus and through him know God as the only true and perfect parent who loves us all as his children. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Father, <clears throat> we thank you that you took flesh through Jesus Christ, the Son, and you lived a human life. You experienced the sorts of things that we experience. You showed us how we should live. You showed us how we should have re relationship with, with God the Father. You laid down your life for us. You gave everything that we might have that second chance, that chance of life and life eternal. We thank you for the life you lived, the life you gave up, and the life you retook to prove to us that death has no fear to those of us who know and love you. We pray for the day when we may, we may see you face to face in heaven. Until that time, we recommit ourselves to your service. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Please take us and use us here where we are to be your ambassadors, to be your family, to, to those who might be struggling. We pray, Lord, that this church in Wilton might be a, build, a beacon to our community as we seek to reach out and invite in. Lord, everything we have, we commit to your service through Jesus Christ, our, our precious Lord and Saviour. Amen.